Hey, Jess, will you do my taxes for $50? No. How about $100? No. $95 final offer. I hate my life. Welcome to Police Fests, where we talk about underpaying and overworking tax preparers. Uh, I'm Dan, and I don't prepare taxes, but I kind of wish my firm did. I'm Jessica, and I do prepare taxes, and I wish I didn't. So, Jess, you brought this topic up. Uh, What do you mean by the devaluation of tax prep services? Yeah, so tax preparation as a service has been going through, let me just say, some painful changes over the past few years. There's a lot going on here, but taxes get more and more complicated with legislation. Wages and pay are still absurdly low in the industry, which is keeping out good new preparers. Old preparers are burnt out and leaving the industry in droves. The barriers to starting a tax prep business are too low, which in turn encourages people with lack of experience to start their own businesses. And then the cherry on top is that the pricing, due to all these factors, is all over the place. Oh, that's it. That doesn't sound like a big deal. Yeah, that's it in a nutshell. Well, I mean, not to not to push you too hard here, but it takes me less than 15 minutes to just knock out a return on TurboTax. So, I mean, not to be rude about it, but I mean, but what, what's the big deal? So rude, Dan. So rude. Yeah, honestly, if you've got a basic tax return situation, like maybe a few W-2s and a few savings accounts, TurboTax is totally fine, right? It's quick. It's easy. It's fairly affordable, although that does come at a cost for society, which we'll get into in a bit. But as your tax situation gets more and more complicated with other types of income, deductions, credits, TurboTax really starts to struggle. It relies on you as, frankly, the uneducated consumer to to know what accounts you have, what deductions you're taking, and to make sure everything is included here. Questionnaires that TurboTax has, uh, they can help with this. But honestly, I've seen some really basic stuff missed on TurboTax returns that have cost my clients thousands of dollars. Okay, but I mean, the average person doesn't have a return that's going to involve $1,000 errors. So maybe it's not great for complex returns. But given that the ma- like the vast majority of the taxpaying public are just W-2 employees without complex assets, shouldn't we just be pushing more people to use TurboTax or some other software instead of having a preparer do it? Wouldn't that just solve the problem? I often do actually send people to TurboTax. But as I mentioned before, there is a societal cost here. Intuit has been actively lobbying against uh, the direct-to-IRS filing system that they've been working on. This is costing taxpayers billions of dollars each year. They also advertise free returns and then upcharge people as they go through the process. I mean, if you've ever done your return return on TurboTax, you know what I'm talking about. It's like, oh, you're self-employed. That'll be another $60, please. Intuit's actually paying out, uh, I think, $140 million settlement because of these deceptive practices. There are also some lower cost companies out there. It's not just TurboTax in this game, but, you know, again, they have some of the same issues that TurboTax has, and some of them are also involved in the same lobbying. So you're feeding the big monster here if you're using TurboTax. Jess, I'm a capitalist. I I feel like, uh, you know, TurboTax competing against big government and keeping them from creating a uh, big e-filing IRS-driven system, that's really just the most American thing. Uh, But fine, I do do hear what you're saying. So they're charging people who shouldn't pay or charging maybe more than people should pay, uh, and they're messing up complicated returns. 
But I mean, on the professional service side, it seems like there's just another form of problem, which would be capacity and service quality. Like I know in my firm as a financial planner, we really strive to give every client a white glove experience. And I can't say the same for every tax preparer I've ever worked with. You know, some are phenomenal, some are amazing and do a great job on both the the return and on the service. But, you know, in the, the universe of tax preparers, uh, you know, it feels like even if it's one I'm introducing a client to or one that a client was already working with, it, it just seems like there's just sort of this lack of bedside manner or lack of white glove treatment. You know, it seems like it's a common issue that they don't communicate very well and that they're just taking on so many clients that they don't have time to communicate well. You know, I know there's only so much time in the tax season itself, but it's really hard to partner with a tax preparer when they kind of essentially ignore you and your clients as a part of the service model. I'm going to try and unpack this the best I can because you just said a lot of things that really have a lot of different issues that are underlying here. So, but first off, let me say, I do not speak for all tax preparers here. You know, my little sliver of the world is, is small, but I do have a lot of friends in this industry. And I do get to see a lot in both my role as a financial planner and a tax preparer. So just a big caveat here. I want to say, first off, massive tax law changes over the past few years. Uh, they've just been constant. I'm thinking of first the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act that was passed at the end of 2017, and it hasn't stopped from there. Then we had the pandemic. Uh, I remember very specifically being in tears at my kitchen counter in the March of 2020, trying to do the same amount of work that I had, uh, you know, in, from the office with two screens down to a laptop uh, at a, at home, and we had no systems for working remotely. It was rough. The deadline wasn't even extended. Uh, I think until March 17th. With uh, if you've been in the industry, March 17th is basically you know, the height of tax season. <laughs> and that, that only gave us another month. I think ultimately we got, uh, the deadline was pushed again until July, but we still really needed more time than that. Then, you know, every year it was something. We had stimulus payments, tax credits we had to chase down with, again, no help from the IRS. They're just a complete disaster. Notices nonstop, phone, phone wait times with the IRS for hours. We had a bunch of people getting in over their heads and things like crypto and Robinhood accounts. And, I, you know, under even the best of circumstances, tax season is incredibly stressful. If you take one thing at all from this podcast episode, it's that your tax repairs, they're burnt out. I'm just saying when I was in the army, I was told that you just drink water, change socks, and you'll be fine. Uh, so I'm, I'm hearing a lot of whining here, Jess. Maybe a little. No, I mean, all, 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 all kidding aside, burnout's really one of those interesting issues I mean, succinctly, I've never experienced it, but it's just so evident and obvious in the discourse for tax preparers that to a, to a man and woman, everyone is just burned out on it. I, I suppose the a question then arises, is it simply time for tax preparers to say, we are a luxury service, not a commodity service? And just to do that, if only to make things easier on themselves, or is that overkill? I guess my question would be, is burnout because of the volume of work or because of the difficulty? First off, I just, I know everybody's just ready to strangle Dan for saying that he's never experienced burnout, where I, I probably experience it on a monthly basis. <laughs> but yeah, I think uh, difficulty is certainly part of it too. Uh, we joke about clients all the time who come in the door saying they've got an easy return, except for, you know, their rental properties or S-Corp, you know, et cetera, et cetera. It's really not a joke, though. People don't reach out to tax repairers if their return is easy. The problem is that they think it's easy for a tax repair, and it's not. 
So the client often has unrealistic expectations on price and turnaround time, and it's also probably not passing along their information correctly. This in turn creates additional friction and that becomes a compounding problem and gets worse with increasing workload. So now you're speaking my language because it's the client's fault is a phrase that I am not unfamiliar with. I'm, I'm personally a person who, if, if I could file my tax return on New Year's Day, I would. Like I am, I am so ready to go every year. And the fact that I have to wait for a month or two for 1099s and stuff to come out always drives me nuts. I would love to get it done. But I am very familiar with the experience of clients not giving you everything you need or not disclosing everything to you or dragging their feet waiting to the last minute, but then expecting you to turn around and do something instantly. So, okay, I I am sympathetic to that particular issue. I guess complexity and workload are definitely two reasons I don't personally want to do taxes. First of all, I don't have a tax preparation background, and it seems like most people doing taxes are a combination of miserable and work to death. Yeah, true. Even if it were kept to a ratio of, you know, let's say returns to preparers to something like 100 returns to one preparer, because I I regularly hear that preparers are doing anything from like 250 to 400 returns a season. I'm not sure that even if I could keep the ratios right and build up the skills and the knowledge that I'd ever actually be comfortable signing off on a return personally. But that sort of raises the complexity and client service friction issue again. Financial planners spend dozens of hours a year coming up with these complex strategies to save clients on taxes, manage portfolios efficiently for capital gains, and so on. But where is the Venn diagram of tax preparers willing to take the time to make sure it's going to be reported correctly or to collaborate with financial planners and the tax planning that we're trying to do? Honestly, most preparers that I know are going in this direction. I recognize this is probably a bit of sample bias, but most of my friends in this uh, industry, the tax prep industry, have spent the past few years downsizing their clients, increasing their prices, and setting stronger boundaries. Part of that is creating a much deeper relationship with the client, including tax planning. I'm honestly really interested in seeing how this will ultimately mesh with financial planning uh, and tax preparer relationships. I'll say that I've gotten a lot of feedback from tax repairs that financial planners are terrible referrers. I think that many still believe that a complex tax return with tax planning included should only cost a few hundred dollars. I was actually at an event recently where a financial advisor was complaining that their client's CPA was only generating safe harbor estimated tax payments, and the poor advisor was having to do the tax projection themselves to get lower estimates for the client. A tax projection takes time, people. I mean, otherwise the, the advisor wouldn't be complaining about having to do it. You know, I could almost guarantee that the client was not paying their CPA to do a tax projection. Yeah, I'm, I am a little, if it's not obvious, I am a little bit in the camp that just sort of goes, again, what, what is the big deal here? And I think that probably comes from the personal experience of having done something like a TurboTax in 15 minutes or less and being like, okay, preparers, like I just have one or two questions. What, you know, why can't you just get to this? But in the aggregate of hundreds of clients all in a couple of weeks time in a, at a certain time of year, I can see where even the quote unquote small amount of time required for doing an estimate in the aggregate is a huge amount of time as opposed to just the one-off that we always sort of treat it as, as the financial planner. And keep in mind too that, you know, during tax season, a million people asking for one or two things is still a million people asking for one or two things. You have to stop what you're doing, switch to another tax return, and then try to answer the question. It's a lot more than people give credit for. It sort of reminds me of the anecdote of the little girl 
uh, you know, asking her mom about being a doctor. And her mom says, well, you're going to have to go to undergrad and you're going to have to go to med school and you're going to have to do residency. And the little girl just says, well, it's just three things. It, that's sort of the, the <laughs> feeling that I get from this sort of thing. I guess despite all of this, you and I know that there's nonstop talk in the financial planning industry and profession about just buying tax practices because they're, they're just so cheap. They, they sell for tiny, tiny multiples or fractional multiples. You'll get hundreds of clients and those clients will all have assets for you to manage and that sort of thing. And then you can bring tax preparation into your practice as a service uh, and they'd be a great value add. I mean... Obviously, you're, you're saying no to this, but let me ask, I mean, wouldn't bringing tax in-house or even going so far as just merging financial planning and tax preparation firms into sort of the next evolution of financial planning and tax prep firms solve most, if not all of these problems? Cheap is your first clue, Dan. <laughs> first off, I think that it would only solve the problems for people who are actually working with financial planners, which is still a small portion of the population. True, but I guess the question is whether we want to solve the entire problem of tax prep or just the devaluation of complex tax prep problem. I'd argue, actually, that it would make things worse. One thing we haven't talked about yet is that the hurdles to become a tax preparer are much, much lower than the knowledge required to even be a halfway decent tax preparer. All you need at the end of the day is a P10. That's it. And that's another big part of the problem. There are many, many unqualified tax preparers out there. And if you think that you, as the financial planner, have a big leg up here, you don't. Yes, you may have a bit more tax knowledge than your average bear, but there is so, so much more to taxes than you see. Even getting your enrolled agent designation only teaches you so much. But what ends up happening here is that the, for the first few years, you actually think that you know a lot. So you start to take on more and more tax returns. And all the while, just so you know, you're probably still making mistakes and you're just not aware of it. You take on more and more clients and along with them, more and more tax issues. Then fast forward a few years later, you find yourself drowning in work, constant phone calls to the IRS, constant tax notices. You're also trying to keep up with all the new tax rules and regulations. And all the while, you're also probably massively underpricing yourself, and you're trying to keep up with your regular job as a financial planner. And this is what's happening all over. People are getting into tax prep, but they're woefully underestimating the amount of work it is. And if you're thinking, well, I'll just hire someone to do that, do me a favor, call a few CPA firms. They'll tell you how that's going. Uh, yeah, that's that's definitely an area I'm familiar with. And to your point here, you know, I, I sort of hear it, right? It's it's not that financial planners adopting tax or tax preparers adopting financial planning would solve tax prep or solve complex tax prep. It, it really is just going to magnify the existing problems, regardless of what you're actually trying to solve for. So that's actually something that I think we should probably acknowledge, right? To, to your point of just hiring somebody to do it for you. Tax preparer positions are constantly being offered at like something like uh, 50K or 60K. They're asking for a CPA license or at least an EA. And they're sort of offering these really crappy uh, salaries and benefits, regardless of experience or workload. And to some extent, that seems like a problem that's being just driven by a, a volume of work and low margins. And even if you were going to try to right-size compensation so it's easier to hire, you'd still have to make massive business model changes to make it financially feasible. All of that said, I guess the question is, what is the solution to the current devaluation of tax preparation services? 
I don't think that there's actually a magic fix here. I mean, other than, you know, just nuking the entire tax code, which, gosh, I, I dream about that all the time, all the time. Done. Done. <laughs> Nuke. Done. Uh, yeah, as consumers, you know, you can do due diligence to make sure that you're hiring somebody who's qualified, but also be willing to pay for it and respect the boundaries that your tax repair is setting. If they say they need to go on extension, let, the, let them put your return on extension. Trust me, it, it helps everybody here. I think that preparers should continue to enforce and set strong boundaries. That's including turning away work that you can't handle, you know, being realistic with yourself about what you're capable of doing. You know, also think that tax prep firms are likely underpaying and overworking their tax preparers. That's something they need to work on. That's pushing really good preparers out of the industry entirely. In turn, the barriers to become a tax preparer are probably too low. And for fuck's sake, if you're a financial planner with no tax prep experience and want to add it as a service, don't. Well, if you're a financial planner who's getting paid too well and sleeping too much, and for that matter, golfing too much, try tax prep. Fleece Vests is produced by Daniel Yerker and Jessica Gettle. Daniel Yerger is an investment advisor representative of My Wealth Planners, a registered investment advisor in Colorado, and Jessica Gettle is an investment advisor representative of Pavilion Financial Planning, a registered investment advisor in Pennsylvania. Our theme song is Dr. Yes by Yari. Nothing discussed in this podcast is investment advice or any other form of advice, and the podcast is for education and entertainment purposes. If you make investments or other financial decisions because of the podcast, frankly, you weren't listening.